Okay. Hey. What's up? Oh man, I'm good, Sean. It's good to see you, brother. It's good to be good man, to be speaking likewise. with you. Likewise, man. Man, the world is a funny time in the moment, isn't it? Uh, most definitely. It's so many uh, crazy things going on. It's it's a it's a wonder we can all keep it together sometimes, right? Welcome to the backlog, a podcast hosted by Adaptivate. I'm Sean Woon. I'm the managing director of Tribe, a sister company of Adaptivate. Adaptivate partners with clients to accelerate outcomes by implementing new transformative ways of working. We are a global firm with offices in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Adaptivate podcast. I'm Sean, and I'm the managing director of Tribe, which is a sister company of Adaptivate. Really happy to be your host today. Now, joining me today is... Ray Freeman, who is a project lead at Adaptivate based in our LA office. Welcome, Ray. John, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. It's always nice to catch up with you, my friend. Look, as we said, it has been a crazy time, but tell me, how are you coping with COVID-19? Man, you know, COVID's been been kind of crazy. Uh, here in, in Los Angeles, we, you know, we responded to it as a state really early. So things shut down early, and which, of course, caused us to be in, in quarantine in, in our houses, in our apartments. And um, during that time, trying to adjust to being inside, being quarantined, you know, then we had uh, um, the, the George Floyd murder happen and all yeah. of the riots and, and protests and everything that broke out. Um, it really made things kind of scary around here, actually, man. There was, there was times when we were under curfew, could not leave the house. Um, yeah. know, it was cautious just to walk the dog around the block a couple of times and get back in. And so there were things that were really close to where we lived. Yeah. Um, that, that people were getting really passionate uh, about and, um, you know, things were being, being damaged. Um, police squads were just driving around and looking for, for uh, people and, and not knowing exactly who's who. So a, a scary time for me, of course, as a, a black man, I, you know, I don't want to be out and, and um, misunderstood as, as someone else who's causing damage or, or, or breaking the curfew and have my, my own life in danger. So it was, it was a, a combination of being afraid of the virus um, and the, the consequences of what was going on in our, in our society that, yeah. that really made it a, a strange time for, for my wife and I and, and uh, people that I know around this community. Yeah, look, Ray, thank you very much for opening and sharing that with us. I mean, a lot of us um, through the media, you know, we've been watching what's going on. I think um, Black Lives Matter, sparking from the George Floyd incident, as well as COVID-19, it was just a recipe, absolute recipe of, you know, um, a heightened alert around the world, right? Right around the world. So, Ray, tell me, where do you see things going from this point in your, from your perspective? You know, I, I think we, <clears throat> we, we have a, a big choice to make of where do we go from here. You know, I remember recently watching um, um, a special that Oprah Winfrey did. Um, it was called Where Do We Go From Here? And, and she yeah. had some uh, uh, really influential people on she was speaking with. 
and and really just asking that same question where do we go from here and and you know what what i kind of took from that and and my my uh, motivation that i took from that was we go up from here we go up you know we we figure out a way to accelerate and use the the momentum and the the passion that's been created by this moment to accelerate us into a, a new dimension that we have not been able to explore before due to the impacts of uh, historical systemic racism and, and things that have uh, have been really crudges that have, have uh, you know, been on uh, people of, of color, of black people for so long. Mm. So I, I think that where we go from here is we go up, man. We, we figure out a way to accelerate from here. Mm. A lot of that, Ray, comes from the inner spirit that you have, Ray, right? Um, I, I just want to ask you so- uh, ask you a question here, right? Where do you get that positive energy from, my friend? Oh man, you know, um, I, I think uh, my my mom was a big influence on me. That um, you know that you can make it. You know, yeah. for for her, in in the in the nineteen seventies when I was born, with with her being um, um, a single mother after her, my father. Uh, you know, they broke up when I was probably two years old. So she's a yeah. single mother raising three of us on her wow. own in the 70s, working a blue collar job. So um, even though I have been able to overcome some of the things of systemic racism mm-hmm. uh, be- because of, of, of who I am and the things that I do, I grew up in an environment and to parents who were held back by it. And, and so even though I had great passion for where I wanted to take things to, um, I found that I wasn't starting on the same uh, playing field, the same level ground where, um, where others may have been. Uh, you know, my, my struggle started at a lower level of like pull yourself up out of this and then try to accelerate. So that's, I think that's what makes it, it, it challenging and what gave me my passion to, to want to, to persevere is just seeing her do it successfully and, and her being like the, the person that people looked up to from my family of, you know, Sonya's doing well and she's, you know, she's got her house, she's raising her kids on her own, she's got a good job. And, and, and she was still so compassionate and, and helpful to, to friends and family. Um, that, uh, you know, that showed, that, that showed me how you're supposed to be as a, as a person, as a human being. And I, I took that passion and, you know, regardless of what, opportunities I did or did not have it's like I don't care I'm, I'm gonna make it you know yeah. I got something inside of me that, that's stronger than than those uh things that are against me so I'm gonna make it yeah it, it, it a lot comes back down to good parenting doesn't it Ray I mean you know having those strong foundation having that love at home right um, we can overcome a lot of difficulties, wouldn't you say? Yeah, most most definitely. And I, I think those some of those difficulties help shape who you are. Yeah. You know, in, in in my family, there was plenty of love, plenty of love, no no shortage of love. Um, but I, I grew up really fast, so I, I had to take the reins on a lot of things and and grow up quickly. And and with that even though that was a, a struggle, it also taught me to uh, get ahead in life faster. Yeah. I mean, jumping, jumping out of high school, I was ready. I was like, 
let's go. Let's let's hit this this world and and see what adults do. I was ready to hit the working world and and to start climbing the ladder and going up from then. Um, yeah, I was just ready. So um, I, I think the the drive that I, I saw my, my mom have and um, with um, the, my own personal passion, it, it was just it was a, a time for for me to to show what I could do, and you know, I think it worked out okay. Yeah, man. Uh, look, if I was your mom, I'd be really proud of you, Ray, for, for all that you have achieved. Um, look, I want to sidetrack a little bit. Ray, I want to sidetrack a little bit. Can you talk to me about the influences of music in your life? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, um, growing up in the, in the 90s in Texas, it was, it was rap music. It was hip-hop music and, and hardcore rap music, you know, NWA, Snoop Dogg. You know, it was it was it was straight up music about people who were going through struggles, and yeah, and, you know, we yes. we lived in a decent neighborhood. You know, we we didn't live in a in a in a, the bad troubled hood, but yes. we lived like one street away from it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew where it was. I was not far away from where a bad neighborhood or where drug dealers or where things were going on. But when I yes. went home to my environment, I lived in a safe environment. My, my mom kept a, a safe home for us. We, we always had food on the table and everything. Yes. But I was consciously aware of what was out there. So that music resonated with me about that struggle. Yes. And um, I, I internalized that as it took it on as my own struggle. And, yes. and, and man, for a while, I, I started out as a, an artist. When, when I, before I went into this, this world where I am today, um, you know, I used to be in bands. I, I play a lot of brass instruments, including trumpet and piano, and I've, I've, I've uh, written a lot of music. And it's in the Library of Congress of things that I've, I've published and, and uh, copywritten. Um, but as I got a little bit older, I started to uh, make my own rap music and make my own uh, labels and albums. Um, so for years, I was in that that uh, you know kind of industry, and I, I just like making music, being around that, that, that whole vibe and, and kind of helping people get through their struggles by being able to use my music and my talents to help them, them uh, get through their, their uh, challenges. So uh, that was just part of what, what drove me. It gave me a lot of uh, uh, passion. Um, it, it gave me a lot of, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, there's, there's knowledge that you can, can glean out of lyrics in rap music. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not just all about terrible things that are going on. There's a lot of wisdom that you can glean from that. And yeah. um, I, I was able to, to take that and internalize some of that street knowledge and, and turn that into to corporate knowledge. So blending the two together helped me become who I am today. Yeah. Hey, hey man, can you share with us some of the artists that you might have come across during your time oh, in man. music? Dude, I, I can remember in, in 2000, we were in, in a studio in Dallas and uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg were in the Up and Smoke tour. And we're in the studio, Snoop Dogg walks into the studio and he's just so cool and hanging out with everybody. And you know, we're, we're making music, I'm on the track. Just, just one of the coolest experiences of my life, man. And I still got the, the tapes, the audio tapes of the tracks that we made that day. <laughs> That's so cool. That's you so know, cool. Pictures with, with him and MC Breed, with Outkast, you know, just, just some of the, the influential uh, groups of the 90s who came through the, the studio. Uh, yeah. I was uh, 
a, a keyboard player with an artist named Erotic D. And he had the studio and all of the equipment and the artists. So I just kind of got the benefit of being there and being able to uh, perform when they came in. If they need a keyboard track, I'll play the keyboards on it. Or I'll, you know, come up with the strings, uh, you know, assortment or whatever. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, oh, I, man. Man, I, I dug it, man. <laughs> oh, that, that, that sounds make a bunch so of in it, awesome. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey Ben, let, let me tell you. You know, I, I love hearing that because you know, look, as as a as a migrant kid, right, from Malaysia to Australia in the eighties, um, hip hop became such an escape for us. You know, we we identified. I personally identified with the hip hop culture, um, being a minority here at that time in in Australia. So the influences and the magic of music that you guys were producing there, I, I can tell you resonated all the way through to Melbourne, Australia, right? To this, this little 12 year old kid at the time. Um, and, and it, it was just such a magical world to me, man. Oh man, that's cool, man. That is so cool. Uh, I'll, <laughs> this I'll, culture I'll, penetrates everywhere, man. It, it does. It does. And it keeps on growing, you know? So, Look, Ray, let's 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 talk a little bit now about the D. Ray Freeman model. Can you tell me a little bit more about that model um, that you have developed? You know, it, it really came to me during this time of, of quarantine and in COVID and just what has transpired um, since the George Floyd murder. Um, you know, I I found myself at a point one day of just being angry, like really angry. And um, it's like, there's, there's nothing you can do with anger. And, yeah. you know, anger is not a good thing to have. You know, when I felt it, it was so deep and so so deep in my heart. that I didn't want that feeling. I wanted to be able to, to do something. Um, like, what's my part in this? I, I can't just sit here and watch this on the news. How, how can I do something towards this effort? And, um, you know, I, I got up late one night and just started writing things down and, and coming up with a plan. And, and I, I looked at a lot of research of, of what are the things that, what, what's causing this? Like, what, what is this thing about systemic racism? What is it? Yes. Oh, and and I, I just really found the, the, the pillars of the things that it impacts in, in people, in people's lives. And, and for Black people, specifically, historically, um, you know, racism has been used as a way to control community matters, to control economic matters, to control learning and, and education matters, as well as the health and, and safety of, of citizens there. So um, you know, myself having a, a background in consulting and, and helping large businesses to change the direction of a large business enterprise um, I, I thought about how, how can I use that mentality um, towards the, the community of uh, oppressed people who are, are feeling this way? Yeah, just like in a big business, you, you can't just turn a big business like immediately. It's a huge ship. So there's a lot of little levers you have to turn and a lot of people have to coordinate and work together to make a movement for such a, a large enterprise or a large company, you know, typical to the work that, that uh, you know, we do with, with Adaptivate. Um, but when, when you look at it in, in this way, how can we make these small changes in, in key areas in people's lives 
that eventually turns the ship around, that eventually yes. turns the ship. Yes. And, and I just look at those areas. Those areas are, are community. How can we impact the community? How do we end police brutality? How, how do we expand public services? How do we gain political awareness for, for uh, people who are impacted? How, how do you become part of the system that is, is uh, solving the challenges? Get out there and vote, understand what the, who the candidates are, what their values are, what they stand for. So that, those are things we wanna, wanna grow in the community. Things in terms of learning, you know, how do we educate ourselves continuously? You know, not, not just to um, get a degree or go to school one, one time, but continuous learning is, is something that we have to um, accept and bring into uh, people's lives. Gaining expertise in something. You know, like what, what, is, what is something that is your expertise that, that you can say that you do very well or you do better than anyone else that you can, and can accelerate with? Yeah. In preparation for the future, you know, um, in learning, you have to learn how to prepare for the future. I feel like a lot of people of color, we've, we've been taught um, you know, historically that you, know, you kind of graduate and you get a job and you work and one day you die or stop working or whatever. But yeah, you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't really have a, a cultural aspiration to prepare for a, a larger future and, yes. and to put the necessary mechanisms in place to build that future. So um, these are things that I want to impart this knowledge to and kind of change the mindset and, and enable people with the, the tools and techniques that are necessary to get ahead in life faster. Yes. And, and um, so that, that is where the D-Ray Freeman model came from. Uh, we, we, we tackle economy, we tackle uh, learning, community, and health. And in each of those areas, we want to be able to, to move the needle in such a way that we see a, a, a scaled change um, a, across the community of, of Black people. The same as we would do in any corporation to make change across tens or thousands of people uh, broadly spread across a large corporation. Yeah, Ray, one of the things that I love about this um, model is you have personally lived it. Right, you have personally yes. applied it into your own life, right? I mean, yes. you wrote a book about it, didn't you? Most definitely. Um, in 2014, I did publish a book. It's titled "Agile Changed My Life." Yes, here, my big, my big old head. That's on a hand, That's in. a handsome photo, man. Look, look at that photo. <laughs> that's a great photo. That's a power uh, uh, shot. Less of this. <laughs> <laughs> they told me I gotta stop using that picture because this guy is way younger than, than this guy you see in front of you. <laughs> but yeah, man, but the, the title of the book, Agile Changed My Life, and the tagline is How to Manage the Chaos of Life and Career with Agility. Yeah. And, and it, it really speaks to um, just how I've used the, the values and principles of Agile in a more personal way to accelerate value in my own life and, and the lives of those around me. And, and um, so the, the book just details how I did that. And that's really the same thing that I, I use in my professional life. When, when I go to a corporation and they, they ask me, how do we accelerate value faster, right? How do we get to market faster? You know, how, do, how do we um, gel better and create a better culture as a community? 
And, and elements of Agile always come into that or, or frameworks of Agile always help to get to that. So um, I use that personally. And around my uh, immediate environment, you see a lot of Kanban boards and a lot of uh, uh, just places where I take notes and keep things up in places. So um, that's something that I advise people to do, you know, take notes and, and write things down and just keep them somewhere where you can see them on a regular basis. And, um, you know, have some lanes of what things are in progress and, and what things are done. And, and like what I do is the, the little fun thing I talk about in the book, too, is I, I actually bottle them up. You know? <laughs> it's an old liquor bottle. Yeah. <laughs> cool liquor bottle. That's awesome. So as I get done, and I, I just shove all the notes in here. And it's like hundreds and hundreds of sticky notes in these bottles. And then sometimes I'll have them etched or, or noted of what year. Like this, this bottle was the writing of the book and the eventual publishing of the book like all the work i had to to do to come in both professional and personal all went into here so when i hold this i think about all the the long nights and the you know the challenges and and the oh i want to give up oh this is never going to work you know like this represents all that i, I bottled up and was able to, to conquer that and, that's and so cool a, a trophy on my shelf you know so 20 and in 2014, that, that bottle says 2014. So that was a big yeah. year for you, Ray. This was a, a big year. Um, you know, I, I had a, a, a lot of growth that year. The, the year before, actually, um, in 2013, on the 4th of July, yeah. um, my, my brother, actually, he, he, um, he committed suicide on that, that day. And oh, so, we, you know, we, we lost him that day. And uh, it was a really tough time for myself, my, my family. And um, so I, I took that, that grief, that, that pain, that hurt that I was, I was feeling, that anger. It, it's very different when, when a family member takes their own life versus when they pass away from a, a, a disease or an accident. Um, it, yeah. It's a very different feeling that the family members are left with. And um, it, it's something that takes a, a recovery period. So what I used to cope and to recover was, was Agile and, as a, a, and the frameworks of Agile being like the Scrum or, or uh, the Kanban. So I could really focus on what was in progress at one time and not have so much on my mind at one time. And, and um, I, I wanted to express that and to show how I was using this methodology to not only get through a tough time, but to, to better myself you know, at the exact same time. And I put it all into the book. I wrote all of that down and put it all into the book. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that's really what it, it's, it's about. It's, it's me expressing how I used Agile to change my life for the better and to teach others how they can do the same. Yeah, I, I resonate with that a lot, Ray. I mean, if I reflect on how um, I grew up and the struggles of, um, you know, my, my mom got, got cancer when I was, I think I must have been about 15 at the time, you know, and it was a, it was a period of time in, in Australia where uh, we were just recovering from a really deep recession, right, in 1989, 1990 recession. So my dad had to go back to work um, back to Malaysia to work full time. So that whole period, we were just, we just had mom and she had cancer and was, it was just a really tough time for me to focus. 
reflecting on what I know about Agile now, I think intuitively that's what I was applying, right? How do I pivot? How do I continue to pick myself up a bit at a time rather than stressing, I guess, stressing over um, the weight of how do we recover from this and never doing anything about it, right? So um, a lot of what you talk about and your model, you know, bringing us, giving us a way forward from the current situation today in society um, makes a lot of sense to me, Ray. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that. You never know if, if something is, is just you that's feeling that way or if other people are feeling that way. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's always good to meet people who can, can resonate with, with what you're saying. And it just kind of makes us even, even, um, you know, even, even closer. I, I appreciate you, you saying that. I really do. Uh, awesome, right? Look, I, I run Tribe. As you know, what Tribe is, is um, a platform for, it's a community, right? It's a community of contractors who we, Adaptivate and Tribe, put onto agile ways of working jobs all around the world. Okay. So, Ray, from your perspective, I'm curious to understand how do you see Tribe, a, a community or contractor platform, how can we help um, Black Lives Matter or independent contractors in general? Well, that's interesting. Um, I, I really like what Tribe is, is doing and, and being able to partner with contractors and to help put them in positions with companies that they may have never been able to connect with before. Yes. and possibly do types of work that they never would have been able to do before. Yes. Um, you know, I think about my own roots as a, a contractor. You know, that's, that's how I started out. Um, for, for me, I, I did not have an, an Ivy League education or a, a great set of credentials that I could go to a big five firm and, and get hired right away. It just, that was, <laughs> this wasn't going to happen. Um, but... I, I had a, a lot of training, I had a lot of mentors, um, and I had done the work hands-on for years. So, um, and then and a slew of certifications, I was qualified to do the work, but um, the only thing that allowed me to do it was being able to contract, because I yeah. could hire myself, I could set my own hiring standards, and I was qualified for my hiring standards. Yeah. So, yes. uh, when I would go out and, and contract with companies, and I would do a really good job, um, I get recommended to other companies. And um, that recommendation was higher than any credential that I could have had or that any some of my competitors had. Yes, you know, yes. There's competitors who had much better credentials than I had. But because I had done a good job for someone else at another company as a contractor, they were like, I want Ray to do the job. I want Ray in. So it allowed me to work in places that would normally never hire me or I, I would be in places that would never ever bring me on for whatever reason. And mm. it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was difficult for me to continue to climb the ladder because my little company of just myself, my wife, and you know, I have one other business partner, we, we were not able to uh, sustain the scale that some of my clients were needing. Mm. Uh, if a, a client says, we need 
we need 10 more coaches on the ground, right, in, in the next two weeks. Well, my little company, I, I couldn't go hire 10 coaches and float their salary for 60 days for each one of them. Uh, there's no way I could have made that, you know, to, to do that. However, um, if I had the backing of a, a much larger company who also had interest in, in that client's success, yes, you know, they, they could help me to scale and they could even pull from a community of people who have already been vetted and, and uh, have the quality that, that is expected of, of that company and, and be able to go into that, that, that vendor and, and not only do a great job as a contractor and to, to, to boost your own uh, capability in the market, but, but also to have additional uh, capabilities at that client provided by a, a back-end provider. And I, I really see that's the, the, the true uh, benefit of, of Tribe of being there to, to be that, that strength, that back end, that, you know, your client needs, uh, needs a, additional uh, resources, additional team members, and wants to scale right away, we can help to scale. And, and we have a community of uh, very qualified contractors in the, in the community that we've worked with Embedded um, that we can bring into those engagements and are not having to just pull from the the worldwide web of, of contractors that are out there, but we, we have a, a community that we know the, the quality of them and can pass that same quality of standards along to our, our clients. Um, it, it makes contractors better. Um, and and it, it's really a, a, a great thing for, for Tribe to do. I'm, I'm glad to be involved with it because I think it does help the community because there are a lot of minority contractors out there who may not even know of, about um, contracts that are available with larger providers or larger companies and, and may never have the advertising capital or the, the conduits to get past procurements and, and all the RFPs and things that you have to get to to get to that level of work. Tribe can provide that for, for those people and, and be a really great resource in, in a lot of different communities. And, and by, by, by having a relationship with the D. Ray Freeman model, I'll be able to introduce the offerings of Tribe to a, a, an entire genre of people who may not have even heard of it before or even known yeah. that they can elevate their skills through even through autonomy to learn skills that would be valuable as a contractor to go out and, and serve a client and build your career and your capabilities. You know, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a great partnership, man. Oh, that, that sounds spot on Ray. I mean, that's what we're aspiring to become um, globally. And um, look, Tribe is still a new business in a lot of ways, right? We just started in January, pre-COVID. COVID has taken us <laughs> in a bit of a journey as to, you know, who are we, who are we, what are we, how are we going to do it? Um, and certainly it was born out of the strong foundations that Adaptivate has built um, in in agility to help us to help us grow. Right, um, look, Ray. I look forward to continuously collaborating with you on Tribe um, because I really do want to be an active participant or just 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 an entity, a person to help out um, and to make a difference. You know what I mean? So. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, a big part of what we do in Tribe, of course, Ray, is about a big part of what we do in Agile is a recognition of um, 
cultural understanding, right? Because solving problems in an organization is so specific to that organization's culture, right? So people with the inherent skills and innate, um, I guess, um, ability to understand, listen, empathize uh, with a particular company's culture and problems is a mark of, you know, how agility is in, you know, it's, it is in practice, right? So um, can, can you talk to me a bit about the point on minority contractors, as you mentioned before? How specifically, what are some of the ideas that you've got that could help us um, elevate this further through trial? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, um, in, in many communities, there's not much awareness of jobs like Scrum Master. You know, yeah. I, I think about when, when I was, you know, back doing project management, it, it was a while before I was even exposed to there's a scrum. What, what, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, scrum, scrum, the word scrum comes from the rugby game, right? Originally, yeah. which, which is not played all around the world. Is it? I mean, a lot of places. Yes. But no, exactly. Most yeah. of us in the, in the U S and, and especially for my community, we have, we would have no idea what, what rugby is, or have never seen a rugby match. Yeah. To, to understand what the scrum or the huddle is that the, the term comes from, um, let alone to understand that that's a very valuable job that a person can can qualify for and and, and get good at delivering in, in very little time. It, it doesn't take you know uh, decades and decades to become uh, very proficient at be, at being a scrum master. Yeah. So um, these are are things that uh, a person can learn. And, and even practice them themselves. Like you, you can practice Scrum with your family <laughs> and, and have uh, you know, uh, boards and iterations and sprint plannings. Believe me, I've tried it with my wife. It, it, it works. <laughs> you can make it happen. <laughs> you know, there's things you can, can do yeah. to become more proficient and, um, and use yeah. those personal learnings to benefit your career. So when I, when I talk about tools to get ahead, ahead in life faster, there's still people who are thinking, wow, I'm going to go in and, and, and learn some certifications and learn how to you know, physically work on computers, which is great. We definitely need people to, to do those, those jobs. But there are people who just may not know that in the same amount of time that they can go to learn to do a job that's you know, um, you know, a, a, an hourly rate, small hourly rate type of job. Yeah. they could learn something that could elevate their career to the next level. I mean, yeah. the, the scrum master roles and, and some of the companies that, that need scrum masters, they, they pay a nice rate for those roles. They're attractive yeah. uh, positions. And um, so um, when I was working as a scrum master, many times I would be the only black person in the, in the company or in the department. Mm-hmm. And then when I would talk to my, my peers about, you know, I'm doing scrum master work, they wouldn't know what that is, or, or agile coaching work. They wouldn't know what that is. Um, so, um, and I, I felt the same way. Like I, when I was younger, and I didn't know about a lot of different jobs, and someone enlightened me about um, different roles that existed within companies of, of business analysts and 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 you know different types of developers and software that you could learn. 
And, and it taught me to, to become really um, niche-minded of finding things that I could learn that distinctly that could land me in better positions in life. Uh, so uh, it's, it's that hustle, man. It's, it's that going after it uh, of seeing where a need exists and then being able to, to um, elevate your skills and capabilities to fill that need and, and then raise your hand. I, I can do it. I can, I can fill that role. And, yeah. you know, you show that proficiency and that that's what people are looking for. Yeah. Um, that's how I've elevated my career by, by being, by hustling, by being out there every day and raising my hand saying, I can do it. Yes. Um, and then when I do it, I'm good at it. So they like, oh yeah, he's, he's good. Come back again. And, and that, that is the, that's my career. You know, that's how I have, that's why I'm an executive at a management consulting company be, because of that attitude. Yeah, and we've got Mama to thank for that, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. No, never yeah, never forgetting Mama, right? Um, look, man, uh, this has been this has been a bliss, Ray. We mm -hmm. have spoken about agility to help us personally in our personal lives. Um, we have spoken about the relationship between that to the current events of Black Lives Matter. Um, and we have spoken about agility in terms of it's a profession, right? It's a skill. And when you spoke about an, the expertise, part of education before as one of your four pillars, um, agile is a way, it's a way forward, right? Um, it's an option, right? So it has been such a fruitful conversation, Ray, um, Thank you very much for your time, but any closing remarks from you uh, for our audience out there? Well, I mean, as usual, of, of course, you know, if you like what you've heard, so please click like and subscribe. You know, we, we yeah. always like those kind of things because uh, we were always building our, our channel and our, our people to, to come and join us. And, um, you know, just, just things in the future, you know, there's, there's more growth coming out. Um, I'm, I'm launching a podcast, and it's going to be called Thriving Culture, and it's just to, to kind of highlight people who are, are, are doing things and, and really uh, exhibiting that mindset and, and showing how they're using the different tools and techniques to get ahead in life faster. So I'll, I'll be interviewing people and, and showing what they're doing. And, and as part of the community aspect, I have people to share their tools with others so, you know, we can all help one another to accelerate. There's enough out there for everybody. We, we don't have to uh, knock anyone down for, uh, for us to, to go up. So we can all work together to accelerate and expand. And I, I really got some great things coming out in the future and really looking forward to working more with, with, with Tribe and uh, of course our, our, our good friends at Adaptivate and, and to be able to, to continue to to bring agility to the, the world wherever it needs to, uh, to help people, man. And um, just excited to be on this, this, this road, bro. And, and to have you in the, the conversations that we've had and, the, and the, the passion that you bring to it, man, I, I'm with the right people. I'm so excited for where the future is headed. Uh, thank you so much, Ray. I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with you more and more, Ray, as well. Okay, thank you everyone for your time. Um, Watch this space from both the D. Ray Freeman model as well as Tribe. Um, I think it's some exciting times coming up. 
Thank you very much, Ray. Thank you, Sean.